we're a little aged as far as breweries go, so it's this weird dichotomy. But like, I'm still just trying to innovate as much as these younger breweries are. So that's uh, that's what the consumer base deserves, you know. so much money in these places and but i mean in full honesty they're built out like nudies is built out with like and, and that's the name of a dude yeah uh who <laughs> that's the name of a dude who um you know had kind of started in uh he, he did all the clothes and stuff like he wove the 24 karat gold suit for elvis and did all that stuff so they bought a lot of his artifacts and his super expensive car and you know they just did it up in that place so, i mean it, it's it's genuine it's, it's all genuine yeah um, but I mean, there's tons of great art, and I'm just I'm super into art, and tons of it there. The music is subjective for sure. <laughs> really, really, <laughs> too too like uh, mainstream country. Uh, no, I mean it's it, you know I mean they you got all sorts of different walks around there. I don't I'm not armed with the uh, vernacular to go through the sub uh, divisions of country music, so uh, okay. I will not even attempt to. <laughs> right. um, it, for me, it's flang or no flang. Yeah. And uh, it was in both categories. I mean, there was... I mean, listen, I didn't disenjoy any live music I watched while yeah. I was there. But, I mean, it's it's definitely not my general bag. Okay. Um, you know, but, uh, again, I, I'm having a good time. I mean, plus, yeah. I mean, you're there. Work hard, play hard, right? I mean... Yeah. You're, you're bound to enjoy anything after you get working at a conference for 10 hours a day. That's true. That is true. But that's the side that people don't really see, right? On it, People aren't Instagram storying their, uh, the conference, right? <laughs> they're they're I mean, doing hot chicken and I, th- and I think breweries. I posted the keynote, but <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's <laughs> yeah. the smallest fraction of it all. And mm-hmm. that's still, you know, that still represents two hours of nonsense. Right. You know, of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Deb from New Glarus killed her keynote, just lit the whole thing on fire. Who was that? Uh, Deb, she's, um, Deb and Dan are the founders and owners of New Glarus in Wisconsin. Is that, that's a brewery? Yeah. They, they, okay. they make Spotted Cow and other such things like that. Okay. Um, this guy over here. Oh my God, I know him. Matt. Oh, I know him. I think he might work here. I know him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, we should get started, Alex. Like, yeah, sure. I think we did, actually. We've already got started. Alex was in Nashville. I was really jealous of him, but uh, yeah. here we are. We're at uh, the Beer Research Institute. Alex has given me shit because I haven't made it up north yet to Williams, <laughs> to the Grand Canyon facility, um, but uh, I got to make a trip up there, man. That place looks badass. Uh, it's it's super gorgeous. We, um, we're we really proud of what we built up there, and uh, I've learned to just stop trying to tell people what it looks like because it never does it any justice. Yeah. Uh, you just got to kind of walk in, man, and, and if you do, uh, I hope it blows your socks off. You know, we, we made, we made a, a destination-style brewery. I wanted a place that once you get into it, it feels like you've arrived, whether you're, you're at home, whether you're at a cabin for the weekend, or... You know, it feels like you're at home for Thanksgiving. It just, you know, it the way the whole the whole entryway is designed to kind of like be showy and then kind of lead you into like a larger, more comforting like communal like welcome home kind of area. Nice. And so um, that's the experience I hope people get. You know, we didn't like push a bunch of tables together to try to turn and burn people in a tourist town. Um, we, you know, there's a lounge couch in front of the from the fireplace we have a little bit of overflow and a, a second bar up top upstairs and it's a pretty large facility uh for sure how did you how did you get involved so you're you are director of sales is that right yeah i mean that's the title the I mean, title there, there, the, the, there's a there's a ton of other work that goes with it but i mean yeah. it's just you know labor love and so yeah i mainly i mainly handle everything in sales marketing those divisions primarily okay and how the brewery started, uh, what, about 10 years ago, I think, right? Yeah, we're in our 11th year now. So okay. we started uh, August 26, 2007. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah. Grand Canyon Brewery Company opened its doors in Williams, Arizona. Um, after my partner, John, uh, bought a, uh, a brew house off eBay. <laughs> really? A you know, brew it, house? It, it, it's my favorite part to tell because yeah. a, a lot of these young kids uh, nowadays, I mean, when, when you think about the Arizona Guild membership, like 80% of them are less than four years old. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Like they, they don't even know that you used to be able to, a long time ago, be able to uh, buy a, a full-on brew house just right off eBay. Yeah. 
With no problem. Like a like a whole building. Like just ready to go. Just a, just a, well, it, it arrived in pieces. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Oh, oh, no shit. Yeah, it was the old, uh, so way, way long ago, there was a brewery in uh, Yuma called Monarch's Rest. Uh, they had a 50-barrel copper-jacketed brew house. Sorry, 50. 15. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, John bought it and it arrived in pieces. <laughs> and then, so we had to find someone that, you know, knew what they were doing. And, you know, um, Dave Meadows, who actually is uh, part of Melvin now, um, was part of that process. And, uh, and then eventually Andrew Caracato, who kind of got us on the track of where we're at now. And, you know, he was the one that really kind of helped us get everything kind of put together and stuff like that. So, yeah. You know. And you knew him, right? Like you knew, uh, John. Yeah, so me and John have known each other since we were children. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in a town with less than 3,000 people. Out here? You grew uh, up yeah, in Arizona? northern Arizona. So okay. I grew up in a town called Pine Top Lakeside. Okay. Um, Sholo is the place most people know because yeah. it almost burned down in a fire. That's true. It's actually how I moved to the valley. Oh, because um, of the fire? Because of the evacuation. Wow. I packed everything I owned into an SUV, drove to the valley, pawned it all in Bond Department. Wow. No yeah. shit, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's fun time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, meet up with John back later in life, 2012, December. We kind of circle back on each other. He's looking to kind of take the brewery in a new direction. I'm looking to get out of telecom. Um, and I'd previously been in, you know, HRM my entire life, hotel restaurant management, done craft programs. I have a culinary degree, bartended, served, washed dishes. There's, I've done everything there is to do in a restaurant. I love Love it. It's it's a social place. It taught me to be social. I grew up in restaurants. I literally grew up in restaurants. Okay. Know? Yeah. It's how I learned to become a social person. Right? Yeah. So uh, all these years later, John's you know got restaurant up north. He's got a, a brewery. He's got a few other things going on. He's like, hey, I'm looking for someone in Phoenix. Iron your guy. And then you know, time goes on, and you know, dark and stormy night. We were on the phone, <laughs> and I pitch him my vision of the future, and. You know, he kind of shifted this job into what I'm doing, and the rest is history. You know, we're just trying to take over everything. <laughs> take over everything. And I mean by everything, I mean just things we're interested in. And basically, you know, you, 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 you brew what you like, right? So yeah, we, we like spirits, and I'm a, I'm a handcrafted cocktail kind of guy. The distillery was always an aspect of what we were going to end up doing, and we can talk about it later. But um, it was always going to be, it's always on the docket. And there's a few other things coming down the road that were always going to be on the docket. Nice. Um and I can't wait to, to get to those things. And uh, that's just kind of what I mean by that. I mean, we're just, we have interest in things, you know. I mean, coffee is something I drink a lot of, right? Yeah. I'd like to get involved in that. I mean, just why not, if, if you can in, in, in your in production and it makes sense to your industry, why not, you know, try to get involved in it? I don't know what getting involved in coffee looks like, whether that means working with a roaster and just having a bunch available on hand for coffee beers or yeah. like having a, a location. I don't know what it looks like. And we never do until it kind of... <clears throat> You know, um, what is it? Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. That is true. Right. That is true. Yeah. So, well, so, so you joined. You, I think you said 2012, right? That's correct. Yeah. So up until that point, what, what were they? What were they making? Like they had like a, a few flagships. Well, no, I mean the beers are primarily still the same, at least in name. Okay. Um, you know, we we haven't touched a ton of the recipes over time. Uh, so just heritage style beers: American Pilsner, Sunset Amber. Uh, pale ale, uh, stout, which we no longer make because uh, we we're making two stouts. That didn't make a ton of sense. Okay. So now we just make a coffee stout. You know, um, that's you know the beers that built Grand Canyon are Pilsner and Amber. Uh, Horseshoe Bend has been a tremendous part of that. Black Iron IPA, um, as IPAs evolve and grow, has been a real breakout for us. We've, we've tweaked it a little bit, got our contracts back. It's an English IPA to style. It's not really something people are used to a ton of. Uh, as it tends to be more piney driven, not not a focus on the hops, but more uh, okay. more more on the biscuitiness and the pininess of the the beer and the malt. Yeah, and just kind of like working coalescence of the hops, rather than the hops being the show, right? Right. So, um, but yeah, just just heritage style beers, uh, English American hybrid primarily. So that's what they're doing. And you guys have got a few different like series too, right? Like there's the shotgun series. There's um, what else was there? There was something else. Lock, was, stock, and barrel. Yeah, yeah. Which I love. I love. The, I love that name. Yeah. So yeah. the shotgun series um, was kind of born out of you know. I mean, we shoot a lot of guns and stuff like that up north. You know, it's you know clay shooting and stuff like that. And that's kind of where that name came from. Was clay shooting. You know, you you, you pull, you shoot, next pull, shoot, next. You know, and that's just how it goes. And so 
um, that program was born in a time where everyone's looking for hot and new and uh, what's next, what's next, what's next. And I mean, that's no way to cohesively act as a brewery, at least in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, it was important for me to like kind of provide fans of our brewery with new and fresh if they wanted it uh, while maintaining the, the core of my culture. Yeah. So we put together that series and ideas came from employees, from fans, from regulars, from bar staff, from anywhere from cooks to managers. They had an idea for a beer, they brought it to the brewery, we hammered out like some style and you know s- some stuff and I mean, you know, these people are like, you know, it, it, it's kind of like the Ballast Point, Point uh, Boots to Brew program where they, you know, except a lot less uh, of my employees uh, or the employees at Grand Canyon are full-time homebrewing as we're still a very small startup yeah. uh, and everyone's working a lot. But it just, you know, people can be like, well, I always thought this would be good. Cool. And they work with our brewer, they give them a few ideas and we develop something. And, uh, you know, th- those, those ideas came from everywhere, whether it be my own madness or, you know, something, you know, our, our packaging guy wanted to do. You know, a good idea is a good idea. Yeah. Not all ideas get used. But <laughs> a good idea is a good idea, <laughs> right? right? And, right. And, and, and that's just how I like to kind of run things. And so that's where that program comes from. Okay. And then uh, we built Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Me and Josh uh, were Steo. He's our director of brewery operations head brewer. We took him out of Hangar 24 a few years ago, like three and a half, four years ago. We developed the Lock, Stock, and Barrel series together. It's wild fermentation. It's barrel aging. So that's where Direwolf comes from. That's where Pistachio comes from. That's where a lot of our more known sours uh, have been come out of. A few have come out of the Shotgun series. And then um, we've done two barrel-aged beers. We did a, a rum barrel-aged brown of from our winter brown ale. And then we did a bourbon barrel-aged pumpkin of our pumpkin seasonal so I think we're just trying to like barrel age some of our seasonal beers. I think Shaggy Bach, our Shaggy Bach, our, our nice. yeah, our uh, our uh, juniper smoked uh, Bach that we put out in the spring. Wow! <clears throat> Probably try to barrel age that and maybe some gin barrels. I don't know. We'll do some we'll do we'll do some weird stuff. You know, the distillery is giving us a few more options these days. Um, but yeah, I mean that's you know those those two things were kind of born out of wanting to partake in, in trends that we decided we liked and and still keep us true to the point of yeah. what we're doing. We I'm not ashamed to make a Pilsner or an American Amber or just, you know, crush an English IPA. I'm not mad at those things. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it really benefits me in the summer when it's 100,000 degrees outside <laughs> and I've got a six-pack of Pilsner next to me at almost yeah. any given time, you know, for drinking. Uh, and that way I don't have to, you know, worry about what's going to kill me under the heat. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you're not drinking barrel-aged, you know, bourbon barrel-aged uh, imperial stouts when it's 117. I mean, there are people who do that, but yeah. I'm not one of them. <laughs> right. No, me neither. <laughs> well, and plus a Pilsner, too. I mean, first of all, not an, I don't think enough people make Pilsner, make a good Pilsner, right? Let alone can it. Well, I mean, a little bit to unpack there. So, I mean, A, I agree wholly. While in Arizona, it's happening more and more, which I couldn't be happier to see. But yeah, um, putting it in a can, uh, like on a shelf, um, we've been doing that for a long time. And uh, it's been one of my, our, our, our proudest aspects. I mean, every brewery has QC issues. Um, you know, we, we, we have a lot of stuff implemented to, to, to get stuff pulled out of the market, yanked back, taken care of if, if it's bad or if it's... Know uh, if anything's wrong with it, but we've almost never had any problems with that beer. I think we had one that, and I think it was just just sat too long in a warehouse was the issue okay. at the end of the day. But like, like a case of cans or something, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. a what, power well, or whatever. Yeah, more in a case, but yeah. and, and not to get into that too much. Um, you know, our distribution partners worked their ass off to take care of us. Um, you know, just miscommunications happen. Um, but yeah, I mean. We've just consistently kept that beer clean and, and easy drinking, and it's been a big pride point for us because, you know, that's the first thing I drink when I go to a brewery is lager or pilsner. I mean, yeah. it, it lets you know what every other beer is going to have behind it. You know, uh, if you can, you can easily assume that if I'm drinking an approachable, like and mine's a little over malted, but good pilsner, and, and, and I just like that bready biscuitiness, just that little bit from the overmalting, I like it a lot. Yeah. And so that's what we kind of bring to, to ours. Uh, if you're into that, and, and, or, if, or if you're not, but you, you understand the clarity, it's a good assumption that my double IPA is probably going to be worth the, the adventure, right? Yeah. So Because you nailed this, this hard-to-nail 
style. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making the best beer in the world. I'm not never here to claim that. I'm just, you know, we're just proud of making a beer consistent and clean that you can't really fake. And uh, yeah. it's been fun for us. And, and 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 I and I love. I was just telling uh, Mario over at State 48. I love an approach to you know bring more attention to loggers. I mean, more people doing it isn't going to hurt me. It's going to bring more attention to the segment. Yeah. To what we're doing here as as as, as craftsmen. So. I'm more into that, I think. Yeah. Well, and they're they're opening up a a, a barrel aging and lager room, right? Yeah. State 48 is. Yeah. 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 In, yeah. That's uh, what I was referencing. Uh, and then you know, uh, other breweries in the state are doing it too. You know, I don't want to you know uh, not give credit to Goldwater or, oh, yeah, or Helton for for not making great lagers. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, here at the Beer Research Institute, drinking their first lager, it's supreme. Uh, it's just too easy to drink. It was uh, the uh, Vamanos. 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 Uh, yeah. Mexican lager made with lemon drop and some lime zest. Couldn't be more tickled with it. I know. <laughs> right. And, and, and I mean, talk about a brewery that's already been crushing some great West Coast style beers, just killing the farmhouse game, just really came into the market representing themselves well. You know, um, not to my knowledge that uh, they have a, a huge desire to, to jump into lagers, but have now. Um, and out the gate swinging. I mean, that's. Yeah. You can't be mad at that. I no. Mean, you can't be. No. No, absolutely. What are you drinking right there? What is that? Uh, I am drinking uh, One-Handed Jedi. One-Handed Jedi. Yeah, I had a, I had a, a, vom, a, a Vominos earlier uh, yep. because it's warm. and But, you know, I need a little hops in me if I'm going to start rambling on for... <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and, well, and it was just Star Wars Day, and I was in Nashville for it, so it feels... Uh, yeah. Feels right. Feels now, right. now that I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm enjoying. It. I love. I love the names here too. Taxation is theft. 2018. They've done a few of these. I think. Right. Well, the taxation is definitely theft. But well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I think that's the second one. I think the first one was a black tea or an English tea season. Uh, interesting. I, I want to say. Um, well, this is a hazy West Coast, which is unusual yeah, too. Yeah, I think they changed the styles um, based. You know, because I mean, uh, based on you know uh, the founding fathers in 1776. It's, Matt likes to be a little pokey. It's fun. That's right. <laughs> right. I love this one, though, man. This is a hazy West Coast. Like, you, you know, you usually have the hazy New England styles, which I like. I'm not, I'm not a hater on those at all. Like, Yeah. It, 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 for us in that lane, you know, we actually, that was one trend I decided not to chase. Yeah. Um, a beer style I enjoy, it's, it's largely undefined. Um, and, and that's not, I, I don't want to get that confused. I'm not one of those guys who's like, it's not a style, like, Brew beer, man, just brew beer. Right, right. Just brew beer. It's If it's delicious, I'll drink the shit out of it. Just brew beer. Um, but for us, in defining where that comes into our house, um, just didn't seem to make any sense. Uh, or, yeah. like, where we would approach it from. So we kind of shelved it for a while. We have a few collabs coming down the line where we're going to jump in and experiment a little bit with that and see what, what that's like for us. Yeah. Um, see how it's received in our, in our backyard. You know, Deep in the Green recently kind of became a, a big deal for us in the last three, four years. Was Deep in the Green? Deep in the Green's a, an American double IPA we make half oh, the year. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It's, it's like the beer back home that everyone wants. Like when it goes off tap for like five, six months a year, people lose their minds. Oh, I've never had that one. Oh, it's, it's incredible, man. It's just yeah. danky, danky as hell. Nice. Just drinks like a dream, man. It's, it's, it, it, it was the, just one, one of the best beers I think that we make. I, I, I am in no way. The other part I'm responsible for deep in the green is it's kind of the hooch I was trying to make in my bathtub back when I was a home brewer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great time to point out I've always been a subpar brewer. Okay. Um, I just get the process. In uh, the bathtub, too. Listen, man, these guys, they uh, you know, they spin their gold from the earth and their art from the liquid, but it's just it's never been me, man. I, I, I can do it. I can make a drinkable beer. But, you know, getting Josh, and, and, and Josh is my is my partner in this. Uh, on on getting beers produced and stuff like that, couldn't ask for a greater partner. You know, I tried a few developments at Deep in the Green before he came on the team. I was starting to kind of lose some enthusiasm for it. Um, he was, I was. Oh, you were okay. Because I mean, it was. I wanted to see it made, and then you know, we'd had some structural changes, and Josh wanted one more swing at it his way, and the rest is history. And know? he nailed it. Yeah, he killed it, and he continues to evolve that beer the way he decides to, and. You know, it's 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 been a tremendous journey um, with that beer because um, it was it was a little bit of a you know there's nothing like having like a great idea and like I was making this beer and you know you know maybe you can 
kill it and you know and then just like running into a wall man just there's nothing quite like it um but it's just always a, a great reminder that failures just keep you humble yeah right well and he persevered like you were at a point where you're like fuck this and he's like dude i got this and he took it and, and is that something that's only available in the brewery uh no uh it, it definitely sees some distribution uh around and then you know uh we have a a tool on our website called Beer Finder. You can always type okay. in your, your zip code or a beer and find out where it's closest to you because we use a, a delivery tracker situation. Okay. I'm hoping to put that beer in a package. Probably not going to happen in 2019. No. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest, I just got back from CBC. It's May 6th. Uh, if I don't already have a plan for that, it's not happening. So, right. Because <laughs> by the time I get to Memorial Day, all of 2019 is planned. So oh, really? Damn. It's, okay. It's kind of got to be like that. Yeah. Um, so I think 2020 is the aim. I'd like to have deep in the green in some cans. Okay. Um, we went to CBC looking to purchase, um, uh, you know, the uh, the plastic seal wrap labels. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 They're yeah. like, you know, you'll, you'll buy them and they're like, they, they put a plastic sleeve over it and they seal it and it like looks really nice. And oh, yeah. It doesn't look tacky like those can labels. Yeah. Yeah. When we were at CBC, we were shopping for a, a printer, sealer, packer, like the whole deal. So we can just put in blanks and produce from start to finish. We have a, a, a badass graphic designer, Kevin Calloway. We, uh, he came over from Crescent Crown Distributing um, to work with us. Uh, incredible talent. Couldn't be happier to have him on board. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if if we were to get something like that, he could just in-house, you know, like Noel's got his own designer over at 12 West, just get it done in-house, get it put out, print, 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 and then just kind of focus some some uh, some smaller batch releases at the brewery. I know what you're thinking, some Williams. I'm trying to work with Ryan over at Dark Sky. Nice. And hopefully some people in press get to kind of do some coordinated time stuff. Okay. Where people want to make the horseshoe or do like a double trip and stuff like that. Yeah. To try to work that out. Nice. Um, Nice, and because I, I, I got to try that as I'm reading here, I pulled it up on the website too. It's got Falconer's Flight, Columbus, and Centennial, and if you like it, I'll yeah, like yeah, it. dude. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the truth is, is just, I mean, anyone who knows me uh, knows that I like a, just a good, just strong hobby beer, and but at the same time, I like something just solid and with uh, a, a little bit of balance, and yeah. uh, that's the one for me right there, man. And it's. It's a bit strong in 9.5. Uh, is it? Oh, it is a 9.5? Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, it is. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. and I'm just, I'm a creature of habit. I like to drink beer out of a pint. Yeah. So uh, when I'm at the brewery, I got to be careful. Right. <laughs> like you're here, we'll give you a snifter. No, I want to I pint. Yeah, Mike, no, just give that to me in a pint. Thanks. Right. Yeah. Well, the other one, too, I came across, uh, the name of it was badass. And then I found out it was uh, an Imperial Cascadian Dark Ale Cyanide Dream. I love that name, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is probably the top. It's definitely the top three of things I've named. Yeah. So, oh, you, that, that was your doing. Uh, I do most of these. Oh, um, I love it, man. Uh, a lot of work with the brewers, and this was a collaborative project between me and Josh. So, um, you know, you don't got to go far to find the information. But you know, Grand Canyon went through uh, quite a few hard years. Uh, there were massive amounts of lawsuits. There were production issues. There were staff leaving. Should have killed us. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never did. Um, you know, hard work, perseverance, um, just not letting the dream die, all part of it. But it was it was hard. And uh, I told Josh one day, you know, when we, we finally saw the light at the end of the tunnel, when we just finally broke ground on the new place, when our brew house was just finally arriving, when the still was coming in, when we finally saw the light after years. Yeah. I was like, and he loves making a Cascadian Dark Ale. He loves it. Yeah. Um, I was like, let's make a double black IPA uh, just to kind of represent, like, the dark period in, in this transition for us. We'll call it Cyanide Dream. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. There's no a beautiful hesitation. picture of it in the, uh, in the kettle on Instagram. It just looks like spilled mortar oil. Oh. It's got, like, the brown in the middle of it. Yeah. It just uh, – and, and the beer drinks. It's, it's super killer. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of Lost Highway, so I'm definitely yeah. into that kind of stuff. I, I would say it's uh, like a black IPA on steroids. Um, it missed a dose. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just almost too much. Okay. Just almost. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know, man. Like the We had this crazy idea for a double IPA series that we do one a quarter, and that's still in the works. But when we started doing it, we were kind of rushing it, right? We were trying to get all four recipes done in one year. And so 
Deep in the Green is what kind of got us realizing that our fan base is interested in double IPAs. So then we moved into that one. We have an idea for a white and a red as well, so stay tuned. Nice. But, um, and a white double IPA? Yes, sir. I've had, never seen a white double. I've seen red Imperial Reds, but not an Imperial White. Listen, man, I just like to take things to 100. <laughs> I like did, it. Did, did you see the cool shit? That was ridiculous. Uh, no, yes. Oh, is that what that's part of, or is that just mm, no, something no, that, else? That, 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 that's just how ridiculous I like to keep it. No, but yeah. so we're, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll finish <laughs> developing them, but one at a time, making sure they're received well. Um, Cyanide was really the first kind of one we did outside of uh, Deep in the Green for double IPA. Um, you know, we're a little aged I- I- as far as breweries go, so it- it's this weird dichotomy. You know, everyone likes these young breweries and how they can pivot and put out beer fast. And um, and then so when you put out a beer and, and you've been brewing, you know, a, a quality product for a consistent amount of years, they either expect it to be astronomically just blow out the first time you make one. But, like, I'm still just trying to innovate as much as these younger breweries are. So our, our, our courses have to be measured. Yeah. We do that through pilot batching and R&D rather than just taking it to market, letting the customers decide. We, we, we brew it too large of a batch scale, but... So we are trying to take it slower. But again, that's, uh, that's what the consumer base deserves, you know. Um, not like a, 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 a rash idea that was fun on paper and now executing it gets done in three months. Yeah. You know, so um, it's going to take probably four to five years to fully implement the program. But I'm seeing a much better result than I probably would have otherwise. Yeah. Well, and that's not that much of a time period. I mean, in craft beer terms, that seems like forever because, like you said, a lot of these breweries have only been open for for three, four years, mm-hmm. right? But to develop that, and, and if you're already on the planning phases of 2019, that's just around the corner. Yeah, bigger ships yeah. are harder to steer and yeah. all that and yeah. other excuses from uh, Alex. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, our, our, our bigger, our biggest uh, pilot batch will be, pilot batch brewery will be installed sometime in the next quarter. Okay. Um, it'll be a seven-barrel. Something you guys can just test some shit out and see, like... Well, stuff that uh, we can test stuff out on and then also bring to scale. Okay. So, like, if I make, you know, right now we're working on, uh, I think it's a five-gallon pilot batch system. How do I scale that out? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, No, it's 10-gallon, actually. Yeah, I I, I can't scale that out anywhere. Like, but if I I make a beer at seven barrels and I'm like, well, I only want to make 100 cases of this, that's more doable, right? Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, because right now we're on a 40 vessel, or 40 vessel, four vessel, 40 barrel brew house. Okay. And we have two uh, 40 barrel fermenters, which means that everything else, my other eight tanks are 120s. So if I'm not brewing it uh, in a 120 barrel batch, which is Amber, Pilsner, Pale Ale, Black Iron IPA, uh, Expeditions Week, Alpha Bean Stout, all of our big ones. So like seasonals and like collabs and specialties, like those have to be really scheduled to get in there. And then so it'll just be nice to, to finally have something where we can just do something separate, test stuff out, have it just be brewery-only releases. You know, we did that with casks and have been doing that with casks for a while. Um, I know Williams isn't convenient to get to. Right, <laughs> right, right, yeah. It is. I mean, it's, I mean, is there anything else out that way? Dude, th- there's got to be. I, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be the guy that pitches you why to go to Williams, right? <laughs> right. But, but let me start this off. Yeah. When I first went to work for John <laughs> and, 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 and we started up together um, you know he's like alright you've been to the Grand Canyon right and I was like no I haven't <laughs> and he's like so you've lived in Arizona most of your life um, you now work for the Grand Canyon Brewing Company and you've never seen the Grand Canyon he's like yeah that is correct <laughs> I, I don't even know where Williams is right. after looking on a map I was wrong about where I thought it was because <laughs> right. you know we, we had met up in our hometown when we first started discussing everything and everything else yeah. over the phone <laughs> so um, he's like, all right, you and your family got to come up here and just do like a little weekend vacation. And then that's where I kind of figured it out. Like, Arizona's up there. And that's a, you know, that's, okay. that was in the top three. I don't know if it won for b- being voted best national park in the U.S. Really? Or not national park, sorry, just best, you know, um, like wildlife, wildlife park. Wildlife park, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's neat. You get to answer the age old question Does a bear shit in the woods? The answer is yes, and in front of your car. Right. <laughs> and uh, and there's also this other aspect of it where, like, 
you can see like little sea otters playing, and then like do do this raptor show where like the birds of prey come down and they fly over your heads, and then this is all Arizona. That's all just Arizona. Oh man, I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta take my kids yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, it's it's super fun. And then you know, there's a zip line if you're into that sort of thing. It's not super crazy, but it's a zip line. Yeah, you know, there's uh the deer there's the deer farm where there's like like sixty white-tailed deer where you can just like feed them out of your hands like little dogs. Yeah, it's the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> and they have a bit of that like temperate climate. Uh, you know, animals, uh, zoo animals. They have a wallaby and a camel and some stuff like that. Um, you know, and there's a there's there's a couple uh, other brewery tap rooms in town. Aside from just our brewery, we're the only actual like established Production. brewery. Uh, yeah, everyone else is just an extended tap room, which is fine. Welcome to have our neighbors. Yeah. Um, and then you know, uh, cruisers, which is you know one of the. Um, it's just old, iconic Route 66. We're like we're right on Route 66, so okay. Uh, we have that, that restaurant in town as well, which people love to go to. And then and there's just—I mean, like you keep going on, and it depends on how you're in nature or how you're into stuff. But there's enough activity up there to get involved in. I mean, Bill Williams—if you're a hiker, Bill Williams alone is like—it's a hike. It's like six hours. Like yeah. it's an—it's an achievement to make. It's like like flat iron out here at Superstition. People, you know, they they hype it up, and it's it's a big hike. Yeah, Bill Williams very much the same way. And, um, there's a lot to do out there. I mean, I don't know if I'm selling anyone moving out there by any means. But <laughs> right. again, I'm uh, in on a visit, Arizona, and uh, again, yeah. we're, we're, we only got 3,200 people. So I mean, uh, all, all I'm just trying to uh, sell people is it, it, are more reasons to come visit our brewery. You know, yeah. I maybe it's just because I've driven to Nebraska before from Arizona, right. <laughs> but like just to, to either at the end of a Friday or the very beginning of a Saturday to drive up north. And just spend 48 hours of your 72 hours for your weekend enjoying yourself unabashedly and doing something that you want to do is far better than enjoying 72 hours of anything. Yeah. Right. Right. And so that, that's all I'm trying to sell. Yeah. And uh, uh, just just as just as just as a tap room, that's kind of like our whole envisioning. Is. So uh, a lot of our innovation currently is going to be more tap room driven. I mean, we're we're not very. I mean, I guess we're bigger and older but I mean we're not on a scale we're not very big at all and we still have you know bigger concerns to, to growth and the way that the, the craft movement shifting and shelf space on on stores shelves so we're gonna we're, we're we're staying the course on on everything we've been doing but we just want to want a little bit of a little bit more encouragement to try to get people up want to work with our neighbors and Flagstaff Ryan is an excellent excellent human being uh, him and Donnie and Nick from Dark Sky oh, cannot speak awesome. enough about how just amazing each one of those human beings are yeah. and so um, we're going to try to do some stuff with them and maybe some other uh, people in Flagstaff and maybe some partners in Prescott we've always had a traditionally really great relationship in Prescott and nice you know the north doesn't get as much attention as it should I mean it's predominantly got a lot of brewery space and a ton of running room and I'm just hoping that either there's a connecting point. I mean, you tell me, Hoppy Moto, uh, or what? <laughs> that there needs to be a brewery to make you know tours more justified, more happen more often, or what? But I mean, I love hanging out uh, up there, and my northern partners are doing some crazy work, especially yeah. those those mad scientists over at Dark Sky. Oh, dude, those guys are amazing. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I mean, look at the success Mother Roads had in Flagstaff, and I mean, yeah. you look at the way that is grown out of pine, and mm -hmm. you look at you know. Prescott has the best metering in the world, yeah. and you know, uh, what almost uh, double-digit breweries in Prescott alone, uh, plus a great craft scene that likes to support it. I mean, yeah, it's it's just out of control. Awesome, it is. Well, I think what's weird, like, and maybe this is just me speaking from a like a Midwest perspective, right? Like towns were connected, right? On the border of this town was this town, and on the border of this town was this town. We're out here. You go up north and things are like, here is Prescott. Oh, and then here's, you know, open space. And then here's Verde like the Valley. Whole, the whole reason Route 66 was made, you know. To connect those small towns. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny is I, uh, I actually sent out a request to the Route 66 Historical Society for uh, brewery locations on the route. I, wanted yeah. to do, I had this crazy idea to just collab with every brewery, drive the route, do a ton of marketing, you know, call it like cruising on 66. We're the only brewery on it. <laughs> And then what? We're the only brewery on Route 66. Oh, really? Yeah. Williams is the last town bypass on the I-40. Um, so right where the I-40 hits Williams is the last place that Route 66 exists until the I-40 ends. Or I'm not exactly sure how that works, but it's 
it's kind of gnarly the way they kind of hacked up the whole Route 66 and like yeah. rerouted a bunch of stuff. But and even still, like only our pilot brewery remains there now. Yeah. Right? So the rest of it is just uh, our production was moved half mile down the road. So uh, it just it's cool when you just I guess to digress when you talk about like you know having to drive those distances. Um, you know, Route 66 was that you drive and you drive and you drive and you drive and oh here's a town. Let's stop here. Let's hang out. Let's get a hotel. Let's shop yeah. around. Let's Let's do some stuff. Yeah, it, 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 it does drive a bit more distance up north, and, you know, that's that's why we try to drive experience so much harder. Yeah. That's why, you know, we built Destination. It's why we have this gorgeous facility. It's why we are putting so much money into quality. You know, uh, we just bought a centrifuge. Um, we just bought, a, like, everything in our new brewery is brand new. Yeah. Just couldn't, I think the only original equipment is our bottler because those things are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, right. and we, we have some friends that uh, up in California that do a lot of lab testing for us. And when we moved everything, uh, we got the bottler cleared, um, ended up running some problems with the canner, uh, ended up just selling that, buying a new canner. Like, we're in a phase of our existence right now where the only thing that's, like, really intrinsically important to us is maintaining the, the space we've carved out here. And, you know, and working with our local partners and just driving quality as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, uh, like production-wise, like like you say, you guys are a small place. But in reality, you guys are, like, one of the top five, right, as far as production goes, Arizona? I mean, I, I honestly couldn't speak to that just because last year was incredibly rough for us. Okay. All right. And that yeah. will throw off any claim I want to make. And I yeah. don't want to, <laughs> listen, man, I don't want to upset anybody by, by making a claim where my numbers last year aren't, aren't representative of that. And it was, it was, it was, a, it was a make or break year last year. Yeah. And we just barely made it. And you made uh, but, it. But, but now but you made it. But, but literally it. Yeah. it was the last year we had to survive. And, yeah. uh, and so now again, we're, we're, we're invested into the future and, uh, and it just, it's an amazing feeling to have, you know, we've been around a long time, circled the drain for a minute. I mean, it just, it is what it is. It's the elephant in the room, man. I mean, we, we had a lot of problems we had to fix and, uh, I'll be the first to talk about that. I'll be the first to talk about rededicating the quality. I'll be the first to talk about not overextending yourself in distribution. I'll be the first to talk about all of these problems that come up with, you know, just loving brewing beer and then forgetting that, you know, there are consequences to every action you make. Yeah. And, uh, you know, selling tap handles is fun until you've sold too many. You know, and then then you're just pissing people off rather than producing beer. You know, you, you pr- like you produce beer for forty accounts and you sell fifty tap handles. Yeah, now you're pissing off twenty people. Right, <laughs> right. It, it, it it's not conducive, and, I, yeah. and and we've sold the brewery out of production twice over the last five years, and uh, that wasn't smart and it wasn't good, and like real 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 uh, real problems come out of that, man. And uh, but again, like I said, I just we uh, we have the third largest physical brew house in the state. That I know. Um, we have a forty barrel. It's it's pretty it's pretty nice. I mean, but then again, you know, capacity always comes down to tank space. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to come across like any other way. But again, I think that I think that the next couple of years are going to be where we kind of settle ourselves in the in the scene. I mean, we've kind I don't know. I, I just you know to quote tu- Tupac, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right, nice. But it's why it's just yeah. so raw to watch us. We're just tiny guys just battling lions, you know. And, yeah. and, and I mean, those lions being you know ABI and. You know these regional competitors, and you know all the, all the changes that came while small craft grew and the long tail got longer, and while aged breweries started to kind of take a bigger hit, we've just refused to go away, man. And it's because I mean I think I think we have a small heart in a big house, and again, big is not the word to be associated with us. No. Don't get it confused. I'm not Mike Dyson, right? <laughs> right. Like you know, I think we produce less than twelve thousand barrels annually uh, at the most all time for us. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of running room there. Uh, I think Santan's brewing closer to 40 these days, 40,000. Wow. And, and couldn't be happier for them, you know what I mean? Uh, just, yeah. uh, just time to get back at it and, you know, drive that message of quality and um, just, try to, just try to be the leader that we can, you know, learn from our lessons. You know, we're from a, from a time where it was just like, hey, just make beer and people will show up. Right. <laughs> That's right. Well, and besides beer, now you guys are making spirits, too. Oh yes, yeah, um, yeah. You're pretty excited about that, right? Your well, spirits guy. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I come from a large bartending background. I mean, when I was a bartender, crafted, uh, handcrafted cocktails was kind of my thing. Uh, I, I, I loved making a good martini, a good sazerac, a good old fashioned, just a good, 
just a good drink, man. I'm, yeah. I've always been about providing an experience to someone. Like, if you're going to pay $7 for a drink that would have taken you, you know, when you break down costs, you know, $2.5 to make it home, give that person experience, whether that's in the in the liquid or, 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 or the show, you know? Yeah. So I was halfway reading through Sam Kellogg's Off-Centered Leadership and heard about his dismay and, you know, his problems in the distilling industry. It had a tremendous effect on the way we ended up opening the brewery. My partner, John, gave me primarily free will to kind of build this brand. The distillery side of it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I I wanted to focus on handcrafted. I wanted to focus on, you know, doing it right, the right way from scratch. Just wanted good quality for handcrafted cocktails from just, you know, just something that looked great. And so... um, we went on a quest to hire a distiller because, you know, we're not going to just start figuring it out 10 years in. Right. That seemed like a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah. 10-year-old brewery puts out spirits. Right. <laughs> Tastes like shit. <laughs> right. Great. You know, that's what I, that's what I need, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so what we did instead is um, – because, I mean, that's what's going to happen, right? You, you're 10 years old. You start letting your brewers tinker around. You start putting out liquid. I mean, it's not going to go over well. Yeah. So we, we went through a process. We hired a, a, a distiller. Found a good guy, great guy. Couldn't be happier with him. Chris Baum, just world class talent. Um, just trained in the ways, man, and 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 refuses to do anything other than just abject quality. You know, uh, the dude won't even hear. Not that I've suggested it, <laughs> but he's made it very clear that like you know, importing ethanol and recirking it is not in our house. Oh. We take water, we take raw ingredients, and we make spirits. That's oh. it. We That's the grain in the glass whole concept, right? For, for sure. Yeah. Handcrafted. We, yeah. we, it's trademarked on our logo, and we, we take it seriously. You know, we Rum is from water and fermented molasses. We ferment our own molasses in the house. We crush and macerate our own botanicals for gin. Um, it's, it's a very, you know, all of our um, neutral spirits uh, are made from grain, uh, just like the brewing process. Yeah. So, uh, we wanted that to kind of tie into the brewery. We've got, I can't even tell you how many gallons of whiskey put down, but those are 15 fives racked out for three, four years, man. Like, we're not trying to rush it. We put out an unaged corn whiskey to kind of, like, gap that in between. And there's just, there's nothing to, we wear it all on our chest, right? Like, there's nothing to hide behind anymore. Yeah. You know, you can try to, to, to spin doctor whatever you want. And that's why I talk about the quality stuff at the brewery a lot is because there's nothing left to hide. Put it on your chest, wear it, have the conversation. I would love, would love if more people came to me about the the, the the missteps in distribution and quality. I would love to teach anyone that hasn't experienced that and, and, and you know provide them some abject lessons that they could hopefully avoid. And yeah. luckily, we've been able to do that for ourselves with the distillery. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. There, there's a lot of mistakes that we've learned from, and we were able just to get in and get going. We've got five spirits in the market, so we've got uh, grain-based vodka, prickly pear vodka. And again, with a prickly pear, we don't use uh, an, a, we don't use a juice. We don't use an extract. There's a company that harvests prickly pear that pulverizes it down and dries it out, and vacuum seals it. So it's just prickly pear. We macerate that in house, so we get and then just add it through a, a, after uh, fermentation. So it just gives this subtle, clean, natural, non-chemical tasting prickly pear flavor. Nice. Flavor. Then we have gin, rum, Caribbean style because Chris makes a killer Caribbean rum. And it is out of this world. It's one of my favorite things to sell. When you think about being a craft distillery, you're like, oh, rum, how am I going to sell this? Easiest thing for me to sell. Because <laughs> I'm just I'm so excited about it yeah. all the time. Yeah. And then uh, we make, like I said, Thunder Snow, that unaged corn whiskey. And I love the name of that one, too. <laughs> Thunder Snow. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting weather phenomenon if you've ever gotten caught in one. It's basically like being in snow and then there's lightning. So if it ever oh, strikes the ground, uh, you're basically standing on powdered water. Uh, you're gonna die. Right. Uh, it's rare. It's rare that it strikes, but uh, it's it's a crazy uh, weather condition to be in, where it's all the thunder in, in in the snow clouds, and you know, lightning's coming down somewhere. <laughs> That's two freaky like weather phenomenons too: a snowstorm and thunder, right? And yeah, lightning. Just, yeah, just, just coming together. It's like a fire tornado, but less scary. <laughs> right, a fire tornado. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it seems less scary, but it's. Probably equally as scary, right? <laughs> for, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but no, man, I got to try these spirits out. I, I like. I'm. I'm really. It's. A, it's a white rum too. Like the white rum that you have is yeah, white, white like, rum. Yeah. Like I said, it's Caribbean, so it's got like some of those like. 
And so we ferment it for molasses. Molasses is the byproduct from creating cane sugar. Okay. You know, uh, much like ethanol is the byproduct of creating corn fuel. Just letting everyone know. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so when you drink ethanol that's been researched, it's because it was used, originally used to make fuel from corn. Uh, uh, it's real gross. Yeah. Um, you don't want to be ingesting that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So we, uh, we, 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 we import uh, molasses from Port Louisiana. We ferment it out in house, and you know that 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 separation process. You still have a lot of those phenolics locked deep within. You get some pineapple, you get some mango, you get some of that vegetative chunk that's like you know really appealing in the tiki kind of rums. It's yeah, just you know even just in a rum and coke, it crushes because it's just so like tropical. And then you know you throw a little lime in it, like Cuba Libre style. You know that's uh, John. That's just about all he drinks is a rum with that. And I mean I can't blame him. Yeah, and uh, just put it in any other traditional tropical tiki style rum drink, and it just it's just coming for you, man. It's I'm just excited about it. We got a ton of stuff in barrels. We're trying to move that into sustaining our barrel aging program within the brewery. I mean, the, like using your own barrels, like some of the barrels you have to yeah, put yeah. beer in. Well, we're already we already got gin and rum down in barrels. Okay, uh, that'll come out much quicker than the you know the four year bourbon. So we're, we're we're years out on being self sustainable in bourbon, right? Okay, but. Um, sustainability and, and you know quality, all the all the boring stuff is what I'm super into. Uh, so I'd like to be more sustainable in the, in that aspect. And we have a separate barrel house on site that will eventually be accessible for tours, where we keep both beer and spirits racked out, um, trying to you know get get everything in line. And uh, well, I mean, I guess we keep we keep our wild fermentation stuff separate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Dark Skies actually got the barrels from the Cool Ship project, which okay. is fun. Yeah. And I guess just to talk on that for a moment is um, ourselves, Dark Sky and 12 West collaborated uh, a cool shit project. We, uh, I mean, I guess it wasn't just us. We, we kind of did uh, the court coordinating. Uh, there's a ton of breweries involved. I really hope I don't forget anybody. Uh, Helton, Goldwater, Wanderlust. Uh, I believe Mother Road sent someone out. Um, Beer Research Institute, obviously. Uh, I really don't want to forget somebody, but uh, that night was wild. Uh, we, 12 West has a cool ship. They drove it up to Sedona. We brewed a, a, a turbid mash on our system. We pumped it into a truck. The guys from Dark Sky helped us get it out there. We pumped it into uh, the cool ship, uh, let it inoculate overnight, uh, had a great time uh, just hanging out with just peers in the industry, just doing something wild and spectacular. It's all over our social media deep somewhere on Instagram yeah. or something like that. Beautiful views. Um, pumped it back out. Dark side got it into barrels and, and, and is storing it until you know it's already started fermentation. Some stuff like that, but just just stuff like that, you know. Like uh, what is what is the cool ship? Like because uh, I kind of have an idea. But so a cool, what ship, is this cool uh, ship. The way I try to describe it, it's like a pinball table. And it's like about a foot and a half deep with okay. no top, and then you just pump beer into it. So you're basically just looking at like a table. It's about a foot or so deep. And it all, it, they're built out to do uh, uh, volume uh, to surface uh, temperature cooling ratios. Okay. So you can calculate, like, how long it needs to be sitting in that vessel. Is it that, wort? Wort is yeah, sitting in so there? So it's just wort. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just, and so what you want to do is you want it to get it down, like, 70 degrees so it can start capturing yeast and keep yeast out of a kill, kill temperature zone and really kind of help, you know, get just some, you know, local funkiness. It's wild from in. nature, just just from, capturing it from nature, man. Yeah. I mean, those guys at Dark Sky are really good at like hunting that stuff down and oh, like yeah. really figuring out where where, where to where to go and get this stuff from. And they've they've got some interesting uh, and and I guess interesting slash um, just out of this world processes for like trying to like approach the process when it comes to like determining like whether bacteria tastes good or not or like where it's viable and stuff like that. So yeah. great partners to have in such an ambitious project. Um, you know, uh, me and Noel obviously hang out a lot and, you know, just as ambitious uh, to get it going. And I think we're going to try to keep it going, if not quarterly, uh, biannually, invite similar and some new breweries out. Um, basically, I think it'll just continue to go like this until people either get tired of it or... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it, 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 was, uh, it, was, it was a fun time, man, and it's... Uh, it's it's that kind of stuff, you know. Just I, I, I tell like all my partners, whether it's my spirit distributor or my my beer distributor, like I just like doing the craziest shit possible. Like, yeah, if you think it's weird, like let's do it. Like we did a deviled egg themed beer dinner. Like I don't care. Like, right. Let's just do something because <laughs> right. it's because it's doable. Yeah, 
And there's well, people out there that are going to be into it, too. The, we're all supposed to be having fun, right? I mean, right. The, the reason why beer industry is great is because the work is, is soul-crushing, but it's everything that comes after that, right? It's, it's the community, it's the beer, it's the fun, it's the innovation. It's Someone's like, well, you know, I know you got done doing like 53 Excel spreadsheets today, which no one sees, but right. <laughs> um, hey, let's go do something weird. Just do a pickled beer dinner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yes. Well, everybody is like lifting each other up too, because it's it's more of like, hey, it's not like, oh no, man, I'm I'm trying to bring you guys down too. It's like, no, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Hey, Alex is having a fucking pickle beer dinner. Let's do it. You know, and it's just a great community, man. I I, I love it. So, um, dude, thanks for doing this. No, I, I, I appreciate uh, it, this. It's I mean, anyone who knows me knows that getting me to talk about myself for some periods of time is <laughs> no in no way difficult. But yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, just to close, um, check us out. I mean, I know that people have done it in the past and, you know, haven't checked us out since or, you know, are kind of instantly aware. Uh, we're just always throwing a million things at the wall and trying to do as hard as we can. I know it's not as visible uh, all over the state as it is, you know, directly in our backyard where guys and 5,000 people live. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, again, you know, uh, we're, we're always down for a good time and... Uh, and, 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 I, and I welcome anyone to come up and check our place out, provide any feedback. I'm, I'm, I'm always about it. I'll be the first person to listen to you. But uh, come check it out. It's, it's a great time. And then also I heard there's a hole in the ground nearby that you can go check out. Uh, yeah, I think you guys have a picture of it on your can. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sunset Crater Brewing Company. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome, dude. Always great talking to you, Alex. I really appreciate this. Um, you guys are on social media. Instagram, yeah, uh, Facebook, all that stuff. At GC Brewery, uh, basically everywhere. So Okay. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks. Later, man. Bye. 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 Bye